Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. And I'm Emil Freund. Gee, Bart, it's been a week in footy. It has been a week in footy. What do they say? They say it's uh, a week is a long time in football world. and All except Aaron a, Norton. All except Aaron Norton, who is a timeless man. He doesn't care for it at all. But um, for the rest for of us. No man, especially Aaron Norton. Not at all. The rest of us, though. It's, it's, it's a long time. And I tell you what, I'm enjoying this uh, long week, Mealy. Oh, yeah. I, the Thursday night thing is kind of, I'm vibing it. I mean, I know we're recording this. We're recording this on Thursday, uh, Thursday, this, the 4th of April at about 7.14. So the, um, the, 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 the next game's about to start, really. Yeah, we're, we're, it's, it's literally in six minutes is the bounce. Um, but I know what you mean. I'm, I'm digging these Thursdays as well. And it really does fly around, like... It's back. Footy's back, baby. Thursday Good night time. footy. <laughs> you don't realize how much uh, it flies past until you have to produce a weekly AFL podcast. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's Wednesday already. And uh, Okay. Um, so we hope we get this out in time for it to be, you know, relevant still. Um, totally. I guess we won't probably dwell on the week that's been quite as much as we had in the past. But um, especially because everyone's onto this week's round, mostly, I would have thought, by the time they, they'll be listening to this. 100% and it's probably a lot of it's already been spoken so we might as well just like jump straight on in also we've been working on our time here haven't we we're gonna keep trimming this bad boy down it's gonna tighten up so we're gonna try we're gonna get under an hour tonight Millie. harder better faster stronger we're taking it to Daft Punk um that, that's our one thing I do want to say about the weekend though that's just been was the AFLW like I the grand final very very saddened as a blues supporter but very very heartened as an AFLW fan that was one fucking hell of a crowd. 53-odd thousand at the Adelaide Oval. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Dude, it was massive, wasn't it? World record stuff. It was It was such an emotional day, wasn't it? And, like, you know, the whole Aaron Phillips as well to go down like oh. that and just to see how much it meant to, like, all of the, the crowd and, like, both sides, all of the players. It was such a beautiful thing, wasn't it? And 53,000, dude. Like, it, what were they expecting? I think they were saying they were expecting, like... twenty. 20, yeah, 20,000. And I. Okay, we're back here. We just had a little dropout, a little Skype garage band fun thing. Uh, where were we? A little NBN special. Oh. Uh, 53,000 at the Adelaide Oval. Like, my question was to you, Bart, yes. is would they have drawn such a big crowd if it was held in a city with anything more to do? Oh, my God. The worst. Are you? Are you one of those? Are you a troll, Millie? You sound oh, awfully familiar. No, no, I think no. I've seen you a, in the comments. Was... Comment section. Oh, don't be like that. No, it was a troll in Adelaide. It wasn't meant to be a troll in AFLW. Fuck. Oh my that god. No, off, no. I came, no, off, I came off as sounding bad. It, it did, Millie. Bad boy. Yeah, and and it wouldn't. No one would have fucking come if it was free. If it wasn't free yeah. either. As soon as yeah, it's charging, no one's going to come to that game. That one. That tone. That's. Oh. Because it's still free. Wow. 53,000 people don't go to free of it, like free events. <laughs> mea culpa, mea culpa. I, I did. Uh, that, that sounded bad. Uh. <laughs> I, thought were, I thought you were doing, I thought you were doing a riff on it. And it was like, ah, these damn trolls, Millie. And then I realized it was you all along. You I was just trying to make, I was just trying to rip on Adelaide, which is, you know, I quite like Adelaide. So I don't know what I was, it's just a <laughs> yeah. bad joke. You've just been to Adelaide. You had a great time there. You had a very been... good time in Adelaide. And thanks <laughs> to their hospitality. Adelaide. It was wonderful time. I've, I've tipped Adelaide for the, as the, the premiers this year. I love Adelaide. I've, I'm frankly very offended by what you just said about the lovely people of Adelaide. <laughs> 
No, but it was it was insane, wasn't it? It was such it was such an awesome. Oh, you know, sorry to the Blues for getting absolutely pumped, but the day was like pretty special. Dude, they just played so such good footy, and you don't mind. Like, obviously, you don't want to get beaten in any grand final. Uh, that's that's a given. But like to 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 lose to a team playing football like that um, is well, at least it's good to watch. Hundred percent, great for me to watch. Go the crows, mm-hmm. crows for the premiership. Um, and in and in AFL M news, uh, I think the first thing we got to talk about is them undefeated Saners. Well. I have been singing a lot this week, Mealy. I've got a little when they spring, come marching in. Absolutely. Spring of my step. A song a saint song in my heart. Yeah, dude. Two and zip. It's a foreign feeling for me. <laughs> but it feels pretty damn good, I ought to say. It is the promised land. Uh who would have thunk it at the top of the year? The the dire predictions that were in store for St Kilda that'd be um in, in the in the eight, uh at I this know. point or at any point during the season. Well, there's one bold predictor, some really uh, intelligent man who I know who's put them in their eight, which is crazy, some people might say. But, you know, the Saints are fifth at the moment, so pretty interesting, <laughs> pretty bold. <laughs> long way and to go. The inside but... word. Yeah, there's a long way to go. But, you know, it's, it's also a long way to come back if you're, for instance, Essendon. Oh, man. They, they looked pretty bad. And I knew it was going to be the case in this when, you know, when Essendon looked that horrible and we pumped them that the, the big story is always going to be Essendon. And it was, you know, frustrating at times because generally the, the media is like, what's happened to Essendon? They're so shit. They even lost to the Saints. They're shit now. Instead of like, Jesus, Saints are playing some good football. But there's been a few journalists here and there that have been, that have sung our praises and actually been like, we got to give it to the Saints because we made them look like shit. Like it was, you know, it was first our pressure. It's the first time I reckon I've seen our team defense be that tight. As soon as it was in our forward line, it would just start from the, the forwards and just kind of clunk into place like forwards, midfielders, defenders, like boom. And we just have them locked in. And this free-flowing Essendon, which... Of course, they don't look themselves at the moment. Like, they really don't when they're on. They're so damaging. But we did shut down that run, and we were far more physical. And the Saints played a good game, man. But, you know, I am aware that the Dons aren't looking too too crash hot at the minute. It's pretty dire for them, isn't it? It is a bit dire. It is a bit dire for them. Um, and, you know, all the, all the stuff during the week about those players running past the ball, kicking into the into their own teammates. I mean, it they don't look like a team with a lot of confidence. Uh and it just goes to show that, you know, those preseason predictions can be anyone's guess. Um, and and I think Warsfeld brought in a whole new coaching staff. Like like a lot of the assistant coaches were uh, left over from previous years. And then this year he brought in a bunch of his own kind of appointments. Um, I guess, look, new game styles might, take, might probably take a long time to, to, to teach plus without the runners there's not as much when things are going against you you can do to kind of reinforce your message you've got to wait until you know quarter time half time three quarter time they're the breaks i'm, I'm led to believe um <laughs> yeah I've heard and of them. so yeah that's right um so i i don't know like it, it, i wonder i mean for my sake being a blues supporter i i hope that it means that their confidence is it will be shot by the time they learn the game style because it doesn't look there to me what it doesn't, does it? And mind you, you know, the Blues, you did it to them last year. Maybe they need another beating by the Blues to get them into gear because that's what they needed then. Um, Maybe. I haven't checked when we're playing them, actually. So uh, oh, yeah. let's see when the. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where it is. 
Um, but it, it is, oh, oh, merely, 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 merely. We've got to talk about these, this power that I seem to possess, this spooky, spooky voodoo predictions. Where last podcast week, podcast magic. It's it's something in in the podcast air, man, in the airwaves. I I don't know if anyone remembers last week. I was joking about you know how I riffed on someone from Richmond, one of their great players getting an injury and going down, Dusty going down with an ACL, and then it turned out to be, of course, Alex Rance did. And then last week was saying, oh look at these powers. Let's say maybe a Zach Merritt comes down with the flu, and in my head I was still thinking like, oh in case these powers are real, like I wasn't even coming up with like Zach Merritt breaks his neck. I was like, Oh, you know, he gets the flu and he's fine next week. Cause he's a great player and I like him. And then what happens? We record, we recorded on the Wednesday and it was the Thursday morning. Our good friend, Dylan Savile, uh, producer on ABC grandstand. Hello, Dylan. We're thinking of you. Dylan sends his message from uh, an age, um, article. And it's, what does it say? Zach Merritt played round one with the flu. Just ridiculous. Person, player specific, and the illness, the ailment, dude. It's it's insane. You're only off by a week, so you're off by one player in the Richmond prediction, and off by one week with the Zach Merritt prediction. What will be your gem this week? What voodoo magic are you going to weave? I mean, I hope it's I hope it's good stuff. Oh, it's good stuff. Well, it's all Saints related because I can only channel it really into myself. Or it's it's um it's sorry it's it's opposition team. So this week. I don't know, man. I'm feeling a little like a little tightness in my right calf here. So Ooh. I don't know. Maybe Michael Walters on on uh, Sunday afternoon just has a little little cramp, a little nothing too serious. Again, just maybe needs to rest out the rest of the game. He's back next week, but that's Put what I'm feeling. I'm feeling yep. in my calf. Lock it in. All right, dock it in. Um, that's the one. Well, bloody good victory for them Saints. And oh, look, I just. So pleased they get that win and feeling four four in a row, uh, including the, the the JLT of course, and it's just it's brilliant news for them. Um, it's, it's it I don't I think it's probably a good thing that there's not been the media attention. It'd be better for the, that team to fly under the radar a bit and to, to to quietly and methodically go about their work and keep doing the right things and working as a team as they are. It's going to galvanize that group if if they're you know all in the if they're in the papers and it's a big story. It's going to fill that bath right up to the top, and and when it gets close to your mouth, what are you tempted to do? Oh, you drink, you drink it. You you can't help yourself. I, and I, I couldn't so I couldn't agree I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that yummy bath water. I couldn't agree more. As much as sometimes it's like, come on, talk about how good the Saints are. I'm enjoying us, you know, flying under the radar, as you said there, and and um, you know, uh, I looked through the tips just before of all of the uh, the Herald Sun's tips and the AFL um, journalists and players and whatever, all of their tips for the, this weekend, not one in either of them, not one has tipped St Kilda against Frio this week. So they're not definitely flying. Not one. That's like 40 people or something are that sure that Frio will will beat the Saints um, who, Frio, who lost Fremantle to Gold Coast. didn't look convincing this week. They were garbage. Totally, man. Like they, they put it together in round one and who knows? And then we were like, oh, maybe they're good and reactionary. And then it's like, you know, they lost to Gold Coast. And again, Gold Coast aren't the worst ever. Like they, they show a bit of fight. But to, to have 40 pros, apparent pros, tip against a team that's two and zip, baby. We're a top four side. We're in the... We're in the My, yeah, they too right you are. My theory with, with Fremantle is that Ross got his got the one win on the board, thought, wow, we're ahead for the season. Time to park the bus, go defensive. 
back to the old defensive game plan. Protect that one win lead. Look where it gets you. Look at that. You're one and one, and you're going to mm. lose to the Saints on the weekend. Dear, oh well, well, let's 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 save our tips for later 100%. on. But I, I'm in agreement with you there, man. I um, I am with you because you know what else? The, the dogs doggies. got up, and yeah. as I said, I'll be now tipping with my heart because that was my that was my promise to you last week. If the dogs were to get up over the Hawks, which I dearly hoped they would, and 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 they did, um, then my tips are going to follow my heart, not my head, from now on. So. That's going to be reflected. That was a good win from them dogs. Oh, dude, that was unreal. I caught, um, I, I think I caught the last half of that game, which is the perfect time to tune in. You know, I saw Hawthorne getting on top of them and was like, oh, here we go. Here it is. And then I, I watched just that 10 goal or whatever rise from the dogs, which was just beautiful to watch. It was amazing. Obviously, the Hawks had two down on the bench, but like you still, everything was going right for those doggies. And I actually, just quickly on the, on the Freo Gold Coast game, as soon as that finished, flipped over and got the last, you know, quarter of the Freo Gold Coast game where a similar thing happened. You know, Gold Coast just got over the top of them, um, which was great football. But onto the dogs, yeah. How'd you like that? You ready to tip with that big, beautiful heart of yours, Mealy? Oh, you know it, man. I think that the dogs have shown that emotion is important in footy and I'm ready to listen to my heart for the sake of them dogs beating Hawthorne because I was not ready for Hawthorne to be, you know, real good again. I don't want them to be the top four lock that they've been, that finals lock that they've been the last many years. I know I've said this before, but give us, give us a chance. Give other teams a chance. Doggies won one a couple of years ago, but then psh, nothing, you know, it's, it's, it's heartening. You don't want to just pop up for one and then fuck off to obscurity. You want to, you want to be in it. You want to play some finals for some years, be good for some years. And man, they've just a different team. And I know I've said it before, but a different team with Libba and, and Bont in the middle there. Oh yeah. Libba has been huge. He's a bit of the flavor of the week, um, isn't he? But you can see how damaging he is and how important he is to that side. And I agree with you, man. It's like I, I like seeing the dogs play good football again because they're they're, they're a very likable club. I don't have any qualms with the Bulldogs, and it's awesome to see them get that dub, particularly against the Hawks, because it looked like you know, oh, Tom Scully's back. There you go. He had a week out. Now he's apparently he was, you know, had done irreparable damage, and all of a sudden he's playing in round two for the Hawks. So. Fuck y'all. As someone, you watched more of this game than I did. How how did he look? Oh, dude, I didn't. I didn't actually. I didn't really see Scully a heap, to be honest. I, you know, there was nothing that that took my eye. Like, holy shit, Tom Scully's back. I just, you know, he was kind of just doing his usual thing. I don't. I don't know. I think he wasn't. I, I actually can't really remember. So he obviously wasn't incredibly damaging. But I didn't see the yeah. first half. So he could have done yeah. some amazing stuff. But. From what yeah. I read, he was kind of on limited game time and, and was a bit like, he, he, you know, got a bit of it and it was a bit of a run around, but um, wasn't like a remarkable game. I'm not, I'm like, I'm pretty surprised though that um, they didn't, uh, they decided not to bring him in through the twos, just jump straight him in, uh, jump, dump him straight into the AFL. It's pretty bold, isn't it? Just straight in. He hasn't played football for like 12 months and he's just yep. straight on in. It's arrogant even. <laughs> it is. It's, it's pretty a crazy. Typical Hawthorne move. It is, but they, if there's anyone who's going to pull it off, it's it's fucking Hawthorne. So good on them, yeah. I say. And I like Tom Scully as a player. Like I, I think he's, um, I think he's really, uh, like the, the way he is, well, the way he affects game is, games is through grit, hard work, and that gut running. How can you not appreciate that? He just outworks and outworks and outworks his opponents. Um, so you know, I mean, I hope that he comes back into 
full health. Like that was a nasty injury he did, and you'd never want to see a player end their career on a on an injury like that. So it's it's. I hope he comes back to full fitness. I just don't hope that he comes back to full fitness in a crap Hawthorne side. Yeah, good luck to him. I say. What about good luck those? Indeed. What about those Eagles? Merely, did you get, did you catch that game? Did you catch the Giants uh, Eagles? The unfairly. No, I, we had we had a com- we had comedy first show on this week, so I haven't watched nice. the footy as I would normally. Um, but that finishes in a couple of weeks, so I'll be back on the um, regular, regular footy train. I'm going to try and catch a bit more this weekend um, than I did, but I missed the game. What did you think? Um, again, well, I probably watched about half, and it wasn't the, the most amazing game. I thought it was going to be a better game than it was, to be honest. But I, I guess uh, our, our boy, Josh Kennedy, who we both have picked for the Coleman, he really makes a, a big difference. I know, I guess it was kind of naive last week. I was like, look, they couldn't score against the Lions. They scored one goal from quarter time and this and that, and... They didn't have Kennedy in. And then, you know, Kennedy comes in and they play at home and they just look like a far better team than they did Don't in round adjust. one. It's so hard to gauge from round one, isn't it? Even round two. Like so many teams that are zero and two or one and you know, it means fuck all, doesn't it? Shit can change. Oh, like we said at the top of this podcast, Emily, a week yeah, is man. a long time in football. You really know I think two happen. rounds is a long time in football too. I can't get a read on this season. It's all over the shop. I mean, this happens every year, right? You get to like round four and you're like, whoa, suddenly, you you know, like the Brisbane Lions or, you know, if it was 2009 or whatever it was, or no, 12, the Blues are on top of the ladder at the end of uh, end of like round four and everyone was tipping us from the premiership. Yeah. Oh, I don't, don't remember that as well as you do at the minute. Well, I got to <laughs> take the success that, that comes my way and I had a lot of pats on the back uh, that, that, that week. Um, don't take these things as gospel. It's early, early days. Things will shake out and settle down and yeah, get back in their place. I just, I just can't pick it. It's all over the place. It's so hard to call. And the media is going in fucking overdrive as well. They're all going bonkers and they don't know what's going on. Tips are crazy. What ups, down, (laughs) down is up. No one knows shit. I've got a family tipping comp. I've got, I mean, a few tipping comps and we've got a family one going and my auntie, Auntie Margaret, who lives in like whoop whoop in Tassie, who does not follow the football at all. Auntie Margaret was in like a cult for like ten years. She's not. She's not on the on the pulse <laughs> to the conversation for later on. Or we could go right into it right now. Deep cult talk. But Margie, let's just say she's not the uh, the hottest of tippers in the football, and she is leading by like two two tips. She's leading, <laughs> and here I am. I like to think of myself as you know quite the football connoisseur. AF well, eloquence, man. and I'm I'm like mid table, terrible man. Well, g'day to Auntie Margie if you're listening. Um, Shout please out to Mark. stick. Yeah, g'day and, and congratulations on your early lead. But uh, like those blues of 2011 or 12, don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, drink, that's you know, right. Keep the leave the bathwater in the bath. Don't drink the bathwater. Don't Simple. do it. Don't, keep it in the don't bath. Do it. So um, I feel like we're again. I'm, I've, again underrated Geelong. Like oh mate. Always, always. If I could shift my eight now, because my eight, as we remember, has St. Kilda in it and has Essendon yep. in seventh, and I've got the Cats at ninth. That feels like Leave the those stupidest. Saints just where they are, though. Maybe I'll leave the Saints them up there? a few places. That's right. Maybe to fifth, where we stand right now. But if I could swap one team, it'd be, and I guess maybe it is reactionary again, but it would be the Dons for the Cats. It just feels silly that the Cats aren't in the eight, in my eight, and Essendon and the Saints are. But yeah, what do you reckon? You you tipped them. You were right. I tipped Melbourne to bounce back and you were like, nah, Geelong down there, boom. And you were so, so right. 
Yeah, man. I was uh, I was pleased to see that. Not pleased for Melbourne, but you know, I pleased to get the tip because they're hard to come by, as we've mentioned <laughs> this time of the year. Uh, really impressive performance from the Cats. They just didn't take the throat, uh, the foot off the throat, and Melbourne did themselves no favors with those those inside fifties, seventy something inside fifties for something great, like like twenty odd scoring shots. Rubbish. Like that that is not um, that is a damning stat. The, the fact that they kept dump kicking it into the forward line is just when it wasn't working, clearly wasn't working when Geelong were intercepting and chopping it out, chopping it off um, with ease. Yeah. It's, it's I don't almost, know. It's almost it like Melbourne. Are, it's almost like Melbourne are missing a uh, power key forward. Who yeah, it is be, like that. I wonder who they could They trade just need for. to draft someone or yeah, trade someone in who can really help with your structure up there. Cause their Come forward in, line. Win them a rising star. Yeah. A big, Big hulking man, a Hulk Hogan of a man. Yeah, Hulk Hogan of a man. Someone, someone who has a storied backstory, like a, a difficult past with his maybe his old, his old man or something, and a few issues of his own. But God, he comes good in the field and the, and can the turn a adversity. game off his own boot. Yes, that's what they need. If they could that's get one need. of those in the off season, you know, they'd be sweet. But they don't oh. have one of those Hulk. No, Hogan they don't. They definitely don't have one of those Hulk Hogan type. They got players. a little weedy man. <laughs> <laughs> Versus a, a, a Hulk Hogan versus a weedy man. And uh, yeah, 70 inside 50s for six goals, I think it was, is not great. But I will say you'd, you'd expect that to just like recalibrate. And when that, you know, if you, if you convert to 10 more, you've kicked 10 more. You know, it, 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 sh- it shouldn't take too long to uh, to get that together. But um, no, mm, it, interesting. It not um, okay, that's that's pretty much it for the round. Like, uh, except I was going to mention the... Blues briefly, right. yeah. yeah tell like me blues. it was. Tell me blues. Oh look, you, another another encouraging showing. I thought that we were um, we were right up in that game to our eyeballs. Uh, we really could have. Uh, we couldn't quite withstand their. Um, we couldn't quite just put four, four quarters together. I would say that's my main um, thinking about the game. Um, yeah, look, encouraging. I really liked, for instance, you know, Whitfield going to Rockcliffe and then, uh, you know, taking him basically out of the game as a as a you know a young player. That's pretty. That's pretty encouraging to see that. I loved Harry Mackay in the forward line. McGovern had rocking ten minutes or so. Um, so good things to come. Steadily, steadily, slowly, slowly, bit by bit. I think we got a real chance over, uh, against Sydney this week. Yeah, dude, McGovern nearly took like an all-time great mark as well. That was huge. Yeah. I, I watched um, I watched nearly the whole game, um, yeah. and you're so I, I you're so right. Um, there was a lot to like. I feel like when your better players get the ball, and when your classy ball users get it, and you know your Cade Simpsons in in terms of some of your veterans who are good, that's when the good stuff happens. And then just, it just seems to be like one person will let the team down, or you know, a little play down, and it's like, oh, if only that kick, you know, came came off, it would have been perfect but you know just little yeah. things but i i got a little glimpse of you know the frustrations obviously i know it as a saints fan but i was frustrated that they couldn't i was like come on blues like fuck you're like is so close and it's you know it's been you've been growing and but man it's it's a grind isn't it you know these last few years like bottom out in 2015 and like another few years get it again and just like oh there's so much there but it just hasn't quite got together but when you it when, just shows like, sorry you carry on no you go you go you go I'm just saying it just shows you how hard it is to put together a full game of footy as a like 
you know, and be that consistent. When, when, when the comp is even the way it is, when there are no really bad teams, which at this point in the season there aren't obvious really, really bad teams, um, it, it just shows you that you need to be able to play consistently. And, and you're right, it's just those little mistakes. It's not nothing major, just some little mistakes. A bit of defensive pressure drops off in the midfield. And that was the thing. We had good, solid defensive pressure um, as a team for patches, but then it dropped right off in the middle of the ground. Our defenders, even when they went on that run and, and, and scored a bunch of goals um, early in the what was it early in the fourth, and they scored a, they scored a lot in the first, even though we scored a lot too. Our defenders played very well. Weedering had a killer game, um, and you know Plowman yeah. had a really really good game. He made a couple of mistakes. He punched one back inside, came to the middle of the ground. They scored a goal from it. That was basically the goal that kind of sealed it. Um, but look, it's it's just. Steadily, steadily, slowly, slowly, it's coming. It's, and, and I think, you know, let's, I, I have, I still have good feelings about this season. We can still, oh, it's an obvious thing to say. We're two, get, two rounds in, but we, we're getting, we're getting there. We're going to, the wind's going to come soon enough. And once we get the first one, it's, it's going to be a good weight off. I just, I worry if, if we get a little run of, um, of losses on the board and that's going to start to, concern me i think because this this is not a team like that winning, winning feeling you're talking about with st this is not a team that's used to winning together yeah you kind of want to get one earlier on just to ease you know lighten that low don't you and and i think they very well can and i guess we can nearly transition soon into this next round this upcoming round because against the swans like you, you you beat the swans a couple of years ago when the swans had that crazy zero and six and then made the finals like so it's not like you can't pull off you know and it is an upset because you are underdogs, but also Swans are very beatable this year. They seem they they seem very beatable. They've, and we're winning and the two. contested ball. We're winning the contested ball. We're like fourth in the comp for um, center clearances and, and and high up like around that mark as well in terms of contested footy. I think that, and that has traditionally been a strength of um, of the Swans, but not this year. Um, they're they don't have the midfield brigade to match our Patrick Cribs basically. <laughs> Hundred percent. I was going to say it's all your boy creeps. Just a contested beast. He looks like a train yes. just running through there. No one can hold him. It's it's weird, and he's got this because he's got that kind of baby face thing as well. You know, like he's got this kind of sweet yeah. but kind of scary looking face. That's I, I don't know. He's and then he's just got this body of this Goliath, and you just, they just don't grab him. That's disgusting. I won't yeah. have it. <laughs> I won't have any of it. <laughs> well, I and actually I do hope he wins the Brownlow though because that's my hot tip. Um, true I, yeah. mean, I hope he does too well fingers crossed for Amelia because there was a lot to like and like you said it's just a four quarter thing but it'll come soon it really it will. all depends on Buddy and I reckon that Wiedering's, uh he's primed to take him he's had a good start to the season and I think great. that Jones has had him in the past but I reckon give him to Wiedering because Buddy's not moving as well as he was Wiedering's not super fast but he's um he's been good on one-on-ones and he's been good at intercept so why not um, let him take it to Buddy give, him, give the boy a challenge I like it, man. Lock him in there. Buddy to kick six. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, but, yeah, Buddy will be the difference, I reckon, because that team doesn't look like winning if Buddy's not on. Yeah, 100%, dude. And he's looking like oh, he's in pretty good form. Breaking news. Uh, what do you got? Essendon Teams? have, no, Essendon have, um, have, have, have rehired Mark Neal. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Essendon rehired the Mark Neal. The circuit breaker, get him back. Get him back, man. He's uh, changed it up. Okay. Well, we'll see how that develops over the course of uh, the season. <laughs> um, all right. Tip, tips for this week. Yeah, dude. Well, how many did you, did you get? 
last week. How many did we both get? I think I got four. You got four? I think I, yeah. I think I got three, honestly. Okay, yeah. I got four. I got four right, which isn't great. You might have gone Carlton. You might have gone the Blues over um, over Port, maybe. Maybe that's where you went. Uh, yeah, we're no, not I doing backed too great. Port. I backed Port. I got, oh, yeah. I got Port right. I got, um, I got Geelong right. I got... Brisbane, right? That's three, um, and then I got that was that might be it. Unless I, I can't remember who I tipped in there. I think I tipped Essendon. Did I? Or did I tip the Saints? I think you did. I, I think remember. we both we both tipped Essendon. We both. Tipped yeah. Essendon. Okay. So three. There you go. Yeah. Jeez. <gasps> yeah. Well, there we are. Let's see how the heart does for me this this time around. This is All right. Pure well, gut and pure heart and determination. Here it is. Let's do it. Hey. All right. First game of the round, uh, almost in progress uh, as we speak. Um, the Adelaide Crows versus Geelong over in Adelaide. Maybe I'll get a little. Tell me your score thoughts check. on this game. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just check the AFL live app now because we're you know mm. half an hour into that game and uh, and then I'll give my tip. How about that? No, <laughs> no, no I, I I um um well I, I sound like a big reactionary media media douchebag because um I'm turning on my on my mighty crows for this game because Geelong are just looking unbelievable but obviously knowing that they could just be shit this week and then just be like there you go they're crap now whatever knowing that that could happen I'm I think Geelong look great man they've looked so strong and Adelaide I think they're going to warm into the season really nicely and I think when you know their back line starts clicking like Rory Laird and, and Brody Smith Brody Smith's coming on pretty well but they weren't they weren't as electrifying and pacey as they sometimes are and I think when they warm in they'll be really great but I'm I'm tipping Geelong in Adelaide. I think Danger is going to have a huge game back in Adelaide. Loves playing Ooh. back there. What do you think? That's that's a good pick. I like it. Um, my question is about the five day break. Geelong coming off it. They got a lot of important older players. Uh, are they going to be able to back it up again five days after they played down in, in Geelong? They are in hot form though, so I guess the momentum is on their side. Adelaide have just uh, come off a good win, but. And they look. They were pretty. They were, they, were, they were solid against Sydney, but it's not like Sydney were great. Um, head kind of because of the five day break says Adelaide, but you know what? The heart and the gut says Adelaide uh, Geelong because I want that pick. Keep it that heart, I want baby. That pick from Adelaide. That's right. Yeah. Keep keep manifesting that. Maybe even think in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone comes down with a flu, Millie. Just that's put it out there. You know, put it out in the waves. But yeah, you gotta you gotta tip with that heart, and and you've been um. You've been on Geelong pretty since round one, I think. I think you tipped. You did. I think you tipped in them. Anyway, you've you've been on them, so it's not out of the ordinary for you to tip Geelong. Done. Geelong, it is. Um, second game of the round: uh, Melbourne versus Essendon in the, jeez, the Mark Neal Cup. Jeez, I bet they they didn't they didn't predict this one, did they? When they did the fixture, that's got it. It's the interest is from a whole another reason than people thought. You, you wouldn't have thought they'd be zero and two, both teams. No. It's a bit of an anticlimactic one, isn't it? But uh, a lot of interest in the game. What do you think? I think a lot of fans are going to show up to see uh, the first win of the season for either club. Um, and I am going to suggest that Melbourne fans are going to walk away with a big smile on their face. I think that they are, I they, they're just, they're a more rounded, more well-rounded team than, um, than Essendon. And, and I think that, they ought to win it in the middle, and that'll be the difference. Yep, I agree. I think they'll get those inside fifty entries. They'll get it together. It won't. It won't happen again like last week. Seventy plus for six goals or whatever. You know, for minimal goals, yep. they'll get that together. And 
They both both clubs are under a lot of pressure, but yeah, I think Melbourne's got more physicality in the centre. They'll win it out of there, and and Essendon just look so lifeless. So yep, the D's for me. I reckon they'll win and comfortably. I reckon they'll win like plus thirty points. Yeah, thirty six points. Mm. Boom, lock it in. Thirty six. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say forty four. Nice. We're confident on those D's. Mm-hmm. Go, weedy man. Go. All right. Blues versus the Swans at the MCG. Sorry, Marvel Stadium. This is the thing that worries me that it's at Marvel. Uh, I'm going to go with the Blues because I'm backing them with my with my gut. And also, I think that we're really, realistically, we're a pretty good chance of, of beating them. Um, we've talked about this game a bit already. I don't need to provide too much more information other than I'm, we're going to beat them at the center clearances. We're going to make, you know... 2% less mistakes than we made, um, 2% fewer mistakes than we made last week. And uh, it's going to be enough that we're going to get over the line because Buddy is going to be well held by by Jacob Wiedering and he'll kick one and two. And they're both those two that he he had shots at were kind of sneaky and not and half chances anyway. Fair enough. I, I really hope all of those things happen for you, Mealy. I really do. Um, but I, I unfortunately don't don't think you'll get over there. I don't think you'll get get over the line. I really want you to. I, I genuinely want Carlton to win. Um, but I think Sydney will be just a bit too strong. They seem to play better away from home than at home at the moment. Um, you'd nearly be more likely to beat them in Sydney, which is pretty weird. But uh, all power to uh, you. This is the reason I think I got my tip wrong last week with the Sydney game. They, dirty dogs at the AFL, replaced the turf at Sydney at the Sydney cricket ground and it wasn't the torn up rugby turf that we were looking for. It was bloody nice, new, fresh, clean, green turf. And you know, if I'd known that, then obviously I would have picked Adelaide. Well, see, I actually had the uh, inside turf tip for this one and uh, I knew that was the case. So that's why I put everything, all the money I have, I put it all on the crows. And I was very, very Mate. nervous watching that game. Incredibly nervous. It was you could horrible. be Dr. Turf's assistant, nurse turf. Stay off my turf. Dr. Turf, that's what they call me. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, Sydney for me, unfortunately, Millie. But good luck to you. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, next, we have the Giants taking on the out-of-form, uh, injured Richmond. They're not really out-of-form. They're just injured, aren't they? They're both teams are, I guess, coming off losses, pretty big losses, really. Uh, I, I think that it's it's up, what, GIA? Is that, that must be... Giants, that Giants Stadium, dude. I don't know when is, this happened. It's literally just called Giant Stadium now. And that happened right. after round one. So I don't know who's paid, the, like how this has happened, but it was it was spotless, I think, at round one. And now it's... Oh, not spotless. It was Sydney Showground. Sydney Showgrounds. And now it's... Uh, I guess Giant, Giant stadium, stadium is more interesting than shit Sydney Showgrounds. Far more interesting. Giants. But ironically, it's not that big. No, <laughs> I, I still think they should be calling it the Beanstalk. I think it's the know. Beanstalk. That's pretty good. Missed opportunity. How would yeah. our, how would St Kilda go up there with all of our jacks? Oh, jacks! I think they would uh, at the Beanstalk. Bring down the giant. Take away the take away the treasure. Those magic beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take we... away the chicken that lays the golden egg, which in this case is is the four points, I suppose. <laughs> Yummy egg, four point egg. Um, um, yeah. What do you reckon? I, I, I um. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think about this game? Uh, oh, this is a tough one to tip. Um, uh, I think that the Giants will win. There you go. I've got them. I've got them. I had them finishing first and winning the premiership in my preseason prediction, and I'm going to stick with that. And although I reckon they were just 
really out of sorts last week against West Coast. I, I'm, 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 if they're going to be a premiership team, I'm backing them to bounce back. Yeah, I think the Giants are going to win as well. Richmond will get a real test. I heard some some figure through the week. It was like the first time since maybe 2011 or something, a long time ago since neither Rance or Rewalt's been in, in the Tigers' side. So um, that's going to take some adjusting. And I just think the GWS will bounce back from the West Coast game. That's hard, isn't it? It's so hard beating those teams over there, you know, at Optus yeah. or at Adelaide. It's a tough ask. And, and GWS will also get Josh Kelly back. I think they're classy. They're, they're pretty good at home. Um, and yeah, the, the Tigers just look a little, a little bit off at the minute. They're not, they're not firing on, on all, all cylinders, but that could click. Who, who knows? But I'm tipping the Giants as well. I heard a little inside word that um, Josh Kelly is, is uh, primed to re-sign um, like soon. Wow. Could be complete bullshit, well, but just a little whisper I heard. I like it, and it wouldn't surprise me either. And I hope it happens for him. To be honest, it'd be nice to see him in, you know, Carlton colours for you or St Kilda colours for me. But I, I, I like the Giants. There's something about them. I, you know, they're they're polar opposites with how I feel about Gold Coast and how most people feel about Gold Coast. Yes. Um, there's something about them. So I hope they retain those players. They've done a good job with, you know, they locked um, Harry Himmelberg down and Toby Green signed on long term and. You know, they can, if they get Cornelio and Kelly, they, they'll be they're going to be fine. They're going to be absolutely fine. And as we've talked about before, all of these young players that just keep getting through trading these stars yeah. is just they're doing such a cracking job of it. I'm actually going to go to this game merely with uh, oh, mate, good friend of mine, Alex Williams, who's a uh, yes. a Giants ambassador himself. So he gets the he gets the royal treatment there at a uh, Giants stadium. But yeah, I'm going to go get around it, and, and it'll be my first taste of live football up here in in uh, sunny Sydney. So I'm pretty keen for this one. I hear it's a really, really nice stadium to go to. So let me know what you reckon. Um, also, also, also you get to hear that. I reckon the second best um, football song in the comp. I love, I love the Giants football song. I think it's great. It's an awesome song, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah. pump up. It's that cat and buy pump up. Boom, 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 totally. boom, boom. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. I hope I get boom, to boom, sing boom. it loud and proud. I'm yeah, me too, man. Up <laughs> them Giants. Brisbane v Port at the Gabba. Ooh, Ooh, this could be a very good game. Very good game. And I'll start this one off. I'm actually going. I'm going for a little upset here. I'm I'm tipping Port because okay. my theory here it's not based on much else. Not 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 on a lot of the matchups. Not on any of the stats. It's more on Port being that classic fucking team that's really hard to get a read on. They always let you down when you think they're good and then when you're like, oh, maybe they're not great, then they'll win. I feel like Brisbane and are due for you know a loss potentially after this nice start. If I was using logic, I'd be like, oh, Brisbane will win. They're looking great and they're at home. But I feel like Port are just this wacky side that do this to me all the time. So... And maybe by tipping him, tipping them, I'm just you know it's going to be the Lions because um why should I tip Port because <laughs> they always screw you over, but I'm going Port baby. And it's the, yeah, the, I'm backing. Yep, you go. I'm backing Port to disappoint you as they always disappoint you, and <laughs> and now that you've tipped them for once, they're going to lose. Although I think I reckon that the lie set uh, the lie set uh, rider combo is formidable, and they they cleaned us up in in the ruck department because of that lie set was everywhere. But Steph Martin's a good ruckman. They've got enough support in Brisbane that they'll be all right. And um, Grunt around the midfield. I reckon that the Gabba is going to be that bloody fortress. I reckon it's going to be tough to win 
up in Brisbane, um, and it'll be the bane of some teams, including the power this week. Fair call. Fair enough. Only it's gonna be tight though. Port. I reckon like a kick in it. It'll be a good game. How do you reckon uh, Tom Rockliffe will go? He seemed to be uh, the, p- the pig's back, the fantasy pig. He's looking like Ooh. he's in very good form. Um, how do you reckon he's going to go against the old club? It depends. I don't really know the list at Brisbane well enough um, to know if they have a, a, a tag or a stopper or whatever. Um, because, yeah, he, he got a lot of touches against us. We moved Whitfield onto him and that was pretty effective. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's racking him up off uh, um, as, as he was uh, against us in the first half, if they switched someone to him, but again, I don't know. I don't know the Brisbane midfield well enough to, to know who that would be and, and how effective they are. It'd be um. um it'd be uh. Fuck, put Mitch Robinson on it. That's who it is. That's who <laughs> that'll it is. work. That's that's who it is. Yeah. That's who will go to him, and that's their that's their guy. So I'm sure he would love little Fortnite Mitch Robinson. I reckon he would absolutely thrive on getting amongst Rocky and trying to shut him down. Um, interesting so too. Interesting matchup. He will he will be the um, Apollo Creed to Rocky in this in this particular game and take him down. <laughs> I like it. I'm liking this. Um, well, all right, that's that game at the Gabba Saturday night. This has got to be game of the round, right? Oh Grand yeah, final replay. It's got to be right. Pies versus Eagles at the MCG, seven twenty-five on Saturday. What do you think? That's it's hot. It's I hope it I hope it lives up to you know the the game of the round status what do you think is going to happen i think that i think that the eagles i think it's i think it is going to live up to the game of the round status i think i think it's going to be um it's not going to be everything that the grand final was because that was uh, one hell of a game a classic game a classic grand final one for the ages (laughs) this will be this will be good but it'll be like say you know um eight out of ten if the grand final is nine and a half um which I'm happy with. That's still uh, very good. Round three on a Saturday night. Very good game of footy. Um, Mason Cox won't be playing. Uh, so that, that no, makes got, it kind got, of interesting. He, he got off, didn't he? Oh, no, he got cleared. Yeah, he, he got, got cleared. Yeah, well, Mason Cox won't be playing because he's going to slip on a hot dog and and, um, and, and hurt his coccyx. Uh, might, Mason coccyx. Well, and might I say, as, as you're having some fun with the wordplay right now, as did the media with uh, things along the line of, will Big Cox get off from, you know, this kind of stuff? They they can't get enough of it, but, you know. They cannot. Big Cox. It just happens to be that the, the guy's name is, is Cox is the biggest guy in the AFL and then he, he's trying to get off his charge and he's, <laughs> it does that. A lot well, of the work's done for you, really. A lot of the heavy it lifting. It is, isn't it? Of that it big cock. Um, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't have the IQ to get into footy journalism. I wish I had. No, me neither. That's why I do this one here at home in this little, right. little shed thing I'm in at the moment in Croydon. <laughs> I'm here with my blanket fort and that, that's, that's, a, that's about as... Um, it's, a, it's about as professional as I'm going to get. Yeah, you look um, cute in the, bl- in the blanket forward, so, you know. It's, it's warm in here. It's toasty. Um, <laughs> Lucky boy. Well, it's just started pissing down with rain, might I say. I wonder if that will pick up because it's, it's coming down Sydney style, but let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it stays dry, dry as well for my big, big uh, debut at Giant Stadium on uh, Saturday afternoon. Too right. I think that Collingwood will rain on the Eagles' grand final parade, and I think, uh, I think they'll take the win. I think that they... Um, they'll win the one that doesn't matter in typical Collingwood fashion and, and lose the one that did in the grand final, which they've done more than any other club. Yep. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Tick, tick, tick. I think the Pies will, will win and I couldn't agree more those Collie Wobbles. It doesn't matter now, does it? Round three, who cares? But the Pies mm-hmm. will win. They're looking damn good, but 
means fuck all, doesn't it? Until oh wait, they don't they don't win the premiership back if they beat them in the grand final replay, isn't that? Uh, they don't, that's not how it works. Unfortunately, not. They they used to have oh. that kind of consolation, like double down round three rematch, but. They don't do it anymore, which is pretty crazy. I wish they brought it back because I would have loved to yeah, have worth, had a worth showdown. Yeah, worth extra. The, the, the Premiership Cup and a slab or something, you know. But no. Throw a slab in a slab there. Now. Yeah, just a slab. If the Pies win, they yeah. get a slab. It's a lot of slab of the tastiest beer from the West, which I don't really know what it is. Yeah, neither. I don't know anything. Oh, I know what it is. Swan Lager. Oh, that's yeah? It. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is, it a, is it a black swan? It's got to be, right? Uh, yeah, well, that's right. That's the, that's the state emblem. Or is it a signet? their flag. A little one. It's the babies. <laughs> yeah, yum. Sounds delicious. I have to get myself a swan lager next time I'm maybe sitting on the swan, having a, yeah. on a little boat. If, if swan lager feel like sponsoring this podcast, we'd be absolutely up for that. Um, we, we promise we'll talk about both teams in the West a lot more if, if you're here to sponsor us. Shout outs to swan lager. Until then, I promise not to speak that much about WA teams. Yep. Let's not talk about um, those teams anymore. Let's, uh, so I think Collingwood is going to win against a team from one of those that Western state somewhere. Collingwood will win. Uh, k- hit us up if you want us, Swan Lager. We've got uh, AF Eloquence on Instagram, afeloquence at gmail.com. If anyone from Swan Lager wants to get involved, hit us up. That'd be sweet. But until then, yep. fuck those Western states. Those Western states. The one big one those over Western there. <laughs> uh, okay, Pol- yeah, Collingwood for both of us. Next game, we have Bulldogs. And the GC at Marvel at 2.20 on a Sunday. Ooh, that's a hot time slot. That's the best times. That's the best slot, isn't it? But not for yeah. Aaron Norton. He doesn't give a shit what time he plays. He will show up regardless of the time. And he's going to do it again at 2.20. And they're going to win. Well, the, the thing was, they actually start... that. This game was slated to start at, at, at uh, later on about 4.20 or, or thereabouts. But Aaron Norton was like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for anything. I don't have time. I'm a big man, don't you know? But I don't have time. I want this game two hours earlier, 2.20 for me. Exactly. And, and also, I, think Mar- oh, I think Aaron Norton's going to be fast out the gates, fast to the football, hands will be on it, and he'll be kicking a bag. Bulldogs to win. Hell yeah. Also, they had to change as well for Lieber to 2.20 instead of 4.20 because apparently he had other shit to do. I don't know what he had on, but... They had to make it 2.20 instead of 4.20 for Liber and for, uh, for Norton. He's got a big appointment he's got to make. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every day. Always has an appointment. Every day. Very busy. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. Though. I think the dogs will win. I also, but a danger game though. Danger game. Because people are writing off Gold Coast Steel. And I've, I've watched two, you know, the whole game with round one with them and then a fair bit of round two. And they, they, they're putting up a contest. If you apply pressure and you be physical, you can you can take it up to nearly any team. So I think it's a danger game after the high of the big bull, uh, the big Hawks win. I, I feel like I it'll be you. closer than, you know, it'll be like under 30 points. And if it's not, the lid might be off on those dogs. If they pump them and they look really good, that lid's starting to creep off and maybe they're genuinely a, a pretty solid side this year and the competition will be better for it if they are um i reckon that yeah i'm going for the dogs i reckon gold coast strategy of kicking you know um enough points that gets get that'll get them over the line won't be effective they'll kick a bunch of points this week but it won't be enough to get them over the line um and they will lose right hawthorne versus north melbourne at the mcg mm. at 320 um, I, ooh, what do you reckon, buddy? I'm, um, I'm going the Hawks cause it's, you know, it's like tip against them if you dare. 
And maybe it, maybe <laughs> I it's just, that like it was a real question. North haven't looked likely at all. Oh, I know, but but you know, this is this would be the kind of game where North would get it together a bit more, and you know, and I feel like they've they've played some good games against the Hawks over the last couple of years. Um, but uh, but I feel like every time I tip against the Hawks, I'm made to look like a fool. So, um, mind you, I tipped against them. La- I tipped them last week, and I look like a fool. Those dogs made me look foolish. But yeah, I, I think the Hawks will just beat them. They're just a better team. But who knows? What do you think? Yeah, if if North are going to come good, then it's not going to be an immediate turnaround. They've they've looked um, they've just looked uninspired and uninspiring the last two weeks, and I don't just expect that to click. Like uh, I think that it, they can be a better side than they're showing at the moment. They've got enough players, uh, enough good players that, that that they could easily be better than they have been, but they've been bad, and um, and it's going to take some time before they click into gear and it's not going to be against the Hawks who are going to be dirty themselves for the way they played against the dogs. Yep. And I reckon Scully is going to have a big game. Interesting. I'll try and watch him closer this week. Cause I didn't, I didn't really see him as much, but it'd be frustrating if, you know, when uh, you tag me through the week in that, uh, Titus O'Reilly's, uh, I can't remember on something on his social about like Hawthorne Scully's ready to go round two. And then St Kilda, it's like, we're rebuilding Dan Hannabury. It's like, yeah, there we go. That's that's that sums it up perfectly. That is perfect. That's Hawthorne v Saints in pretty much all things football, from top to bottom. The bastards, we love them though. Don't well, we? a few play, a few clubs were in in it for Scully. There, a few clubs were inquiring, inquiring, but apparently Hawthorne's the only one he really considered because of their medical department. And if they say he's right, um, and you know, he's still he'll still be getting some match fitness, but he he'll be right. It's impressive. Even after losing your boy Andrew Russell to the Blues, they're still that, you know, apparently amazing in their medical department. It's pretty unreal. Anyway, Hawks probably only those. lost him to the Blues because he'd ta- taught all of his tricks to his less well-paid um, assistant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, yes, indeed. What do we got? We got last last game, right? Last game for the round. Last yeah. game. How could we forget those mighty Saints? Well, indeed. Take on Mate. the uh, the Dockers over there at uh, what, what what time is it? It's at what five twenty, I think, our time. So it'd be like uh, what is it? Yeah, five twenty. Hmm. What do you think, yep. Neil? Are you like tough, the uh, tough game to pick? Yeah, are you like the list pick. of Herald yep. Sun and um and um uh, AFL journalists and tipsters and are you on that purple train? Well, look, if if I was tipping with my head this week, then perhaps I would tip for Fremantle. Not because the Saints have not been impressive, but because Fremantle were so impressive at, at um, Perth Stadium the other week in, in the first round. And thinking that perhaps Ross may have learned his lesson and, and, and after one game of back to the old defensive structure, they, they go back to attacking football. But I'm tipping with my heart and my gut and I want them Saints to keep on rolling that that week of um, of, of going under under noticed in the media that they'll still feel like they've got something to prove, and they will prove it against Fremantle. They'll take them down. They'll take them down pretty handsomely by in the region of 20, 22 points. Twenty two points. There you go. 
That would be amazing. And I think as well, if we did do that, because I, I think it's going to be a tough time as well. It'll be a tough ask because they do play a lot better over there. But that would be if we if we do win in the in, around those margins that you just mentioned, that would that would then probably nearly be enough for people that, to people to be like, all right, well they're three and zip, and they just beat Frio away, and they have beaten the Dons, and you know, like we said, we've rolled in from that preseason form, and they'd have to sit up and start taking notice. Um, you know what? I'm 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 an idiot, and I've got a big heart merely, and I'm gonna go on as well, and you know, instantly there's a part of me in there that's like, you idiot, fool, tip against them, tip Frio, because then, you know, it comes, it goes, whatever you didn't tip, it actually happens. And as soon as I get around the Saints and go, yeah, I think they're going to win, that we'll get pumped and we'll look like the Saints of last year. But I like this theme of going with the heart, merely going with these hearts and I'm going to do it again. And those Saints are going to get up. Oh, hang on. You're tipping the Saints? Yep. Here's uh, to three. Well, I might actually tip, Free. No, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely tipping for the Saints. Um, go them, Saints. Let's Thanks, let's let's see them go three and zip and and, and solidify themselves in that top four. Oh, that's right. It's a spot they're up for grabs. We want the double chance. We're talking about it already. Not only finals. Gee, I hope I was wrong putting them in seventeenth this season uh, for I your sake and and for mine too because it'll make this whole experience a lot more fun if if at least one of our teams is doing all right. I know. Maybe this is the year. You know, we start this podcast and to talk football, and it's the year when it just starts happening, and we can document this meteoric rise oh, yes. to the top of the table, and then you can experience the raw emotion of what it's like being a Saints tragic, which I'm sure no one really gives a fuck about, but <laughs> I certainly do, merely. This is my year, baby. Three and zip. The Saints to be top four next week. Hurrah. Hurrah. Hurrah indeed. Um, and let's see them marching in. Um, all right. Time for the final segment of AF Eloquence. It's time for a dollop of AFL history. All right, buddy. Yes. Settle in. Got a little tale to tell you. Oh, amazing. I'm, I'm taking I'm, it back. I'm back loving time. I'm loving this segment too, Millie. It's super nice. And not on, you know. Obviously, you you are totally doing all the work there and preparing these, and then I just get to sit back off mic for a little bit and and then you you know get your beautiful voice to read me a story. So, shoot, man, thanks again. Thanks well, very I, much. It's it's a oh my pleasure. It's a it's a good project to do a bit of my own research into AFL folklore and history because I I know you know the occasional bits and bobs, but I I want to do a bit more research and know know the game a bit better. Um, so. The year is 1945. The wars just ended. Did you say the world's just ended? The wars just ended. Oh, yes. Yes. The war has just ended. To some people. Uh, not the world. war, as some people thought. Yeah, the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the world has very much just ended. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. The VFL at the time was a 12-team competition. Uh, notably, many of the VFL's best players had gone off to fight in, during World War II. Also, the MCG and Lakeside Oval were out of action as they were being used as military bases. And also, the un only the top four teams played in the finals. These are the days of the 19th man, where you'd have 18 on the field and your 19th man was the only substitute permitted. Once a player had come off the ground, the substitute had come on, that he couldn't re-enter the field of play, which may or may not be significant. We'll see. Interesting. I, I didn't even, like I've heard the 19th man, but I didn't actually even know that. So once, once you've subbed that person off, it's like, you're done. There's your sub. It is a bit of a super sub kind of rule, right? The 19th man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, it was, it's actually the, the, the first iteration of the Gatorade game changer. So 
<laughs> Gatorade got in early with the sponsorship on this weird sport played on the other side of the world. I'm like, look, we got to get in Very on this true. wacky AFL game. Well, well, there are stacks of American GIs in town, so uh, that, that's how they found out about it. They, uh, they, they, they Yanks got really into it. It's very insightful. The game was massive in Alabama for a while. Who knows why? But crazy. Go. This is crazy history, merely. Didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in AFL Eloquence, it must be true. It must be. Um, all right. Uh, it had been 10 years since the introduction of the Paige McIntyre system, which saw the top two teams from the regular season play off against each other in the finals with the winner booking themselves a spot in the grand final and the loser playing the winner of the three versus four game. Now, the final series were particularly special this year as the war had only just finished. The war in the Pacific especially had only just finished only one month prior to this um, with, of course, the dropping of atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Melbourne was full of return diggers and American GIs who were ready to have a good time after so many years at war. Now, there's a bit of speculation that the players, uh, many of whom hadn't really seen active duty, wanted to show the soldiers uh, who'd returned that they were just as tough and to give them a, a final series to remember. Now, at the end of the season, South Melbourne had finished top of the ladder as minor premiers with Collingwood only a game behind in second place. They were clearly the best teams of the year. North and Carlton rounded out the top four, two games behind Collingwood. The first week of the finals saw South Melbourne take care of Collingwood by 11 points, and they were confirmed as the first team with a grand final berth. Meanwhile, the Blues, who were known as a thuggish bruising team at the time, dispatched the inaccurate shinboners who kicked 8-20, uh, and fell 26 points short of Carlton. Jeez, that inaccuracy. Next round. Yeah, that's been, sorry to jump in. That's that's horrible, isn't it? That's plaguing the game. 20. You hear some of the commentators now when they're like, oh, what's happened to the game? It's so inaccurate now. How they, you know, and then you see these games, and you're like, mate, they've been missing kicking bags of points for 140 years. Yeah. Strangely enough, they brought in Sav Rocker as their goal-kicking coach after this match. <laughs> Just a young, a young Sav Rocker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Savaloy Rocker, the young. <laughs> Sorry. Cocktail do... Savaloy Rocker. <laughs> <laughs> do go on. All right. <laughs> uh, next week was a big game where Carlton took on Collingwood for, a, for the other spot in the grand final. Now, the Pies were red-hot favourites, but out-muscling and eventually outscoring them 90 points to 80, Carlton took the spoils in front of 41,000 at Princess Park. Um, many people said that this was because of the Blues' bruising style of play where they, you know, um, where they out-muscled out and bashed the opposition up. There was a, there was a fracker in, at this, in, I think, at the second quarter and it, it disrupted the momentum of the game and Collingwood never really looked like it after that. Those dirty Blues, man. Yeah, man. Rough and tumble I, I don't blues. know if their nickname was the Butchers at this point, but at one point in the history, they were called the Butchers. Jeez, you don't want to play a team nicknamed the Butchers, do you? <laughs> God, Carlton Butchers. Jesus. Hey, hey we're the Butchers. They got little pocket knives in their socks. Careful. Yeah. Post-war Butchers. And also, I found out the Shinboners are called the Shinboners because a lot of the players in the early days used to work for the abattoirs in North Melbourne. Wow. Actual Butchers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> butcher v. Um, butcher. 
Who will win? Who will win? Now, during the war, there'd been a bit of a different interpretation of one of the rules, the bumping rule, which allowed a player to bump an opposing player if the ball was within five yards. Five yards is about four and a bit meters. This is the era of Jack Captain Blood Dyer at Richmond, who popularized the shirt front, often breaking collarbones or knocking players out cold. So it's just an accepted part of the game. That we know and love. Bring it back. Yeah. Bring it on back. Yeah, man, the shirt front. Jeez. I wonder how the new concussion protocols would go with this rule. Yeah. And then, geez, some of these some of these players, they'd be rolling around their graves when they'd see the free kick paid against Sicily on the weekend. Yeah. They would, wouldn't For they? like a nipple I mean, tweak. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, that, was, that was something else. Um, now, remember, this is like they didn't have any subs at this point. So if you knocked a player out or a couple of players out, that's a really distinct advantage to your side because they got no one to replace them with. There's no mechanism within the game to, to um, make up for that or, 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 or you know equalize the disbalance of that, especially as it was just kind of a rule that you could do it. Um, okay, so on the morning of the grand final, South Melbourne versus Carlton, um, South Melbourne's Ted Whitfield kept to his normal pre-game routine, which involved sinking six casual beers before the game. <laughs> just a six-pack, just to, to take the take the edge off. Yeah, dude. Does Ted he shotgun him beers. with his knife and shotgun at the bottom and <laughs> smash him down? My yeah, God. I, I'd like to think that he got a six-pack of cans and just shotgun them all simultaneously. Hell yeah! Like a real. What is it legend? with Whitfields and um and and take and taking things they shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. Something in the name. What's in a name? Something in the name. Um, a huge crowd made their, way, made their way to Princess Park, a record for the ground, um, in fact, over 62,000 fans. Wow. And as I mentioned, many ex-servicemen. Can you imagine that? 62,000? Oh, man. Oh, At that, that ground, 60-something thousand? It must have been packed, as, packed as full of sardines. That would be heaving. Absolutely heaving. Yeah. This is. I guess this is the age before... They had a lot of seating, the terraces, so they could pack them in. It's like those games you saw. You know, I think the nineteen seventy grand final, um, Carlton versus Collingwood, there's a hundred and twenty odd thousand at the MCG. Oh my goodness, that I can only imagine mm. that. That'd be buck wild. Some of the rest, you yeah. know, people just wait. If the players are drinking six pack of beer before they go out, you can only imagine what the crowd's <laughs> doing. Right. I guess in this era, you could still bring your eskies in full of beer. Um, <laughs> what a time! What a time to be alive. South Melbourne were the unbackable favourites, but they were worried about Carlton's aggressive style of play. So they were under strict instruction to meet the physical blues head on. This grand final would become... Would, I'll do that again. This grand final would come to be known as the bloodbath. Oh, this is the bloodbath. This is the bloodbath. Oh, shit. I heard of this elusive bloodbath. Mm. Okay. Wow. God, a dangerous storm. You got the butchers v guys that are trying to front up to the butchers who are smashing beers so they don't feel the pain as much. And the wars, everyone's on edge. The wars just finished, but it's still a tense time. Cold war's about to, well, underway. And then of course- People called it the the tempest after the storm, this game. Oh my goodness. And just after you think there was to be no more, no more blood was to be shed. There's another war that breaks out at Icon Park. Oh my yeah, god. The war may have ended in Europe and Japan, but it carried on, carried on down at Princess Park. <laughs> now, the game was in the second quarter, 
Carlton Hardman Bob Chitty. Bob Chitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say he sparked the violence when he took out two young Swans stars, Ron Clegg and Billy Williams. It didn't take South long to get their own back, however, when tough nut, their own tough nut, Jack Williams took out Carlton's dashing youngster, Ken Hands. The violence then erupted on the field with some fans jumping the fence to join in the fray at various points. Some players even tried to jump, uh, escape the melee by jumping the fence into the crowd. Um, there's a quote here. This is uh, Carlton's Williams, Billy Williams. Oh, no, sorry, not Billy Williams. Um, no, this is, sorry, this is, this is South Melbourne's Billy Williams' quote. He said, there were fights everywhere. They were on the field. They were on the field and they were in the grandstands with the public. I looked and I thought, gee, I better get out of here. And then when I looked into the stands, I thought, mm, it's worst out there. And I thought I better stay. It's the toughest game I've ever played in, really. It was a brutal game. Fists everywhere. There was a Carlton player out on suspension and he ran onto the ground and wanted to fight Basher Williams. The police had to escort him off the ground. It wasn't long after that that Ken Hands got flattened by Basher too. Well, again, what's in a name? Someone named Basher plays for the Butchers. Yeah. Do you trust There's also him? a player in this game whose nickname was uh, The Gentleman and he was he, he got suspended <laughs> for like rough contact after this. I think The Gentleman might have been an ironic nickname. I feel like it might be. Unless he actually carried like a cane around and that was his shtick and he'd like bat you with his cane because he was like yeah. such a gentleman off the field but <laughs> you don't want to fuck with him. The Gentleman. He's got one of those hats like in, in James Bond where he top hat and throws it. <laughs> By the end of the game, there were 10 players who were reported and banned for a collective 69 matches. Funny number. Did you say 69 yeah. matches? I wonder why yeah, 69. All the, well, all the players, like when you added all the suspensions together, it was 69 games. They all missed collectively. Jesus, a lot of football. Mm-hmm. The worst offender was six beer, wit, uh, was six beer Whitfield who received... Um, 21 week suspension because of abusive language, attempted striking, kicking the ball away and running away while trying to remove his Guernsey so that the umpire couldn't see his number and report him. (laughs) He then didn't show up at the tribunal and was, and was banned for 21 weeks. (laughs) Oh my goodness. He was thinking piss. That is such a loose move, particularly like the childish move of like running away. Like, nah, can't see my number. Can't see my number. Yeah. He like, they say that he lifted it like above his head and ran up the ground so that they couldn't see it <laughs> as though no one was going to check at another point or whatever. That's so good. Uh, it's not like he could go to the bench and swap his jumper. No, exactly. The 19th man. Yeah, man. Um, Carlton's bruising style of play prevailed though and they ran out 28-point winners. It was the first time since the Paige McIntyre system is that what it's called? Page McIntyre? I think that's what it's called. It was the first time since the Page McIntyre system was in place that a team had won without the double chance coming from outside the top two. Oh, that's South huge. wouldn't play in another grand final until 1996. Wow. Of course, as the Sydney Swans. Oh, my goodness. So that bloodbath, kind of, the, the bloods were formed out of the bloodbath, but that was a long stretch. Holy hell. Ooh, and then they didn't win till like that, that one they 2000 won in 2005 and... was like, that yeah. was like a 70. Yeah. Jeez, man. That was it. Holy hell. It. Now there's a couple of interesting facts. That's, that's basically the end of the segment. There's a couple of interesting facts I want to tell you about, about, um, Bob Chitty. Okay. This is <laughs> the Carlton hard nut, Bob Chitty. Chitty. Bob Chitty then went on to play Ned Kelly in the 1951 film, The Glen Rowan Incident, which was widely panned by all critics. What? 
Oh, what? Chitty on the silver screen? Me likey. Chitty on field, chitty on fucking screen. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's get a copy of that. Let's watch chitty, chitty on, on the big screen. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> he also had an older brother, Jack, who'd played for St. Kilda and then went off to well, war. Well, that seems fitting a... if his name's Jack. He played yeah, for St. Right? Kilda. <laughs> it's the only place he could go. That was how zoning worked. Some things never change. Still does. <laughs> he fought in the war, then became a POW um, at Changi and won the, um, well, it was there, they called it the Brownlow, um, won the Brownlow for best and fairest player at the Changi Prisoner of War Camp. Wow. It's not quite the Brownlow, is it? It's, it's, a, no. it's a far sadder Brownlow, but still yeah. a win yeah. all the same. <laughs> it's, it's a, a win, win all the same. same. Get to wear some medallion around your neck made out of your lost teeth or something. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Your best mate's dog tags would die the week. Oh, before. my God. Oh, oh, that's bleak. Well, it's probably true. There you go. Here's your brown low. Yes. Your dog. Oh. Rough. <laughs> hey, uh, a win's a win, though, right? A win's a win. A win's a win. I'll take hey, it. Hey, man, if someone had to be best player at the Changi prisoner camp. Yeah, you're still was, the was, best. Uh, Jack Chitty. Yeah, well, there we go. That sounds like a safe I wonder if that counts to St. Kilda's tally of brown low wins. Could do. I hope so. I'll, I'll look into it. I haven't heard of Jack Chitty, but I'll, I'll look into it for sure. Do it. <laughs> um, hey. Well, that's, uh, that's it for another episode of uh, AF Eloquence. We hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're continuing to grow and build. If you, if you like the show, please do uh, share it with your friends, talk about it, put it on social media. Um, and also, I, we love your feedback. So if you've got any feedback at all, um, you like this, you hate that, you want a segment called, you know, or any hot bags. tips. I don't know. Hot tips. Yeah. Any little, your whispers. Yeah. We'd love to hear from, from anyone. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate people who've been, who have been hitting us up and who've been checking in. It's really awesome. And thanks to you, Mealy, right there for that delicious little taste of that AFL history. That was awesome. And I, I now know about the bloodbath and you, if you don't want to, you don't want to drink the bath water and when you're getting ahead of yourself, you definitely don't want to drink the bloodbath water. <laughs> it's another level well, of bath water. Maybe the, same, maybe the swans drank the blood bath water after that game and, and became took the them um, 50 odd years to recover. Yeah, well, they became the bloods, like a you know phoenix out of the ashes or a swan out of the blood bath, which is <laughs> it's not as nice as imagery, but a swan did rise out of that blood bath. And not a black swan, if you're from WA, unless you want to hit us up, of course, Swan Lager, you know where to find us. <laughs> In this instance, it is a beautiful white swan out of the blood bath. 2005, they made it. Oh, it explains boy, oh boy. their colours. It does. A lot of blood, man. A lot of blood. Um, but yeah, anyway, thanks thanks again, guys, for tuning in. That was fun. Um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll hit you up next week with another amazing episode of AF Eloquence. Cool. And uh, in breaking news, uh, Essendon have just 
fired Mark Neal. So I guess their season's going to be back on track. It could be the circuit breaker they need, Merely. This is it. They're back. Don's for the flag. Circuit breaker. Mark the circuit breaker, Neil. Go Don's.